We're going to get into the power of righteousness. When you, when you get done with a study like this, you are going to see righteousness everywhere in the Bible. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for us. He was made to bear all of our sin on that cross so that we would be made the very righteousness of Almighty God. The fact that you're, you've been made righteous, now apart from your own works, this was a work of God. You could never be made righteous on your own, right? But the fact that you have been made righteous apart from works, you've been made righteous by the behavior and obedience of Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Now that puts you in a different place. We've been redeemed, right, by the precious blood of Jesus. We've been born again. So, see, Jesus redeemed us by his blood. He shed his blood so that we could be taken out of the delegated influence of darkness and once and for all moved into the kingdom of God's dear son. So that's where you're at right now, whether you feel like it, whether it looks like it, that's where you're at. And the day you got born again, see, we were born again, though, by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You heard his word, and you believed it in your heart, and you confessed with your mouth, Jesus, I am bowing to your lordship. You are now my lord. I'm acknowledging that, and I'm inviting you to come in and make me brand new. And you were born again. The old spirit person that you were is gone forever. All the sin's gone. The sin nature is gone. Everything becomes new. And you are literally a righteous child of God who now has been given all things that pertains to life and all things that pertains to godliness. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. And you've been given all the authority that Jesus got, which is all of it. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me when he came out of that grave. And then he said, now you go in my name. And now we've been given the power of attorney, if you want to get legal, of, with, of the name of Jesus. And as we use his name, we can bind things on earth and heaven will see to it that it's bound. We can loose things on earth and heaven will see to it that it's loosed. We have been given all authority to have mastery over Satan, who is the small g, right, God of this world, over all his satanic hierarchy, over every demon. We have been given authority. So now, as righteous ones, we've been made worthy. Colossians tells us we've been made worthy by Jesus. He, it tells us we are now unaccusable. So the accuser, who's Satan, can't accuse you anymore. It holds no weight. Amen. The Bible says you, as a righteous child of God, no weapon that's formed against you will prosper, which tells me that weapons will be formed, they just won't prosper if you understand you've been made righteous. Right? right? So no weapon, every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you can condemn it. Not the person, but you condemn the tongue. Because the person is insignificant. 
It's the words that they speak that have power, but we have the ability and the authority as a righteous child of God to do that. So now the progression's different. In the Old Testament, these people were not born again. They were not righteous. If they would do what God told them to do, because God entered covenant with Abraham, Jesus is the guarantee of that covenant. So God said, listen, if you'll hearken diligently unto my voice, if you'll obey me, I will bless you. I now have a legal right to bless you, to keep the curse away from you. And if you'll do this, then I will heal you, I will bless you, and I will do all these things for you. It was all based on their obedience, right? Because if they, if they don't obey, then God would have to violate their will to do it. And he, he will never violate a man's will. As much as he doesn't want anybody to ever die and go to hell, he still will, he will respect their decision to go there. Right? He, he will, and, and their whole life. He'll use creation, he'll use people, he'll use everything to try to get a person to change their mind and choose him, right? God said, if you'll do what I say, I will bless you financially. I'll, I'll, I'll literally bring peace and comfort and strength into your life. You won't deal with these diseases, all this stuff. But then... Now Jesus comes and he gets everything back that Satan took from Adam and Eve. Or I shouldn't say he didn't take it. They gave it to him when they sinned. In the same way that you and I give him everything that we've been given when we sin. But Jesus got it all back. So now I'm born again. I'm a righteous child of God. I've been given, from day one of salvation, I've been given everything. Everything is on the inside of me. Everything. Right? So now, as I, as I walk in that, it's different than the Old Testament progression. Old Testament progression. If I, if I obey God, then he will do something. In the New Testament... He's not doing anything for you. He already did everything for you. And he gave it all to you. Actually, it's all in you. Where he says he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies, guess what? Guess where that table is? It's in you. I've got to read something. Where's, do you? Oh, shoot. Can, can, can an usher go get my phone in my office or one of you guys? That'd be great. So the Lord was talking to me about Philemon, verse 6, and he gave me something last night that I just had to, well, I guess it would be this morning. He gave me something early this morning, and, and I just want to read it to you. But now as a New Testament believer, you've been given everything. Do you realize all the healing you will ever need, you've already been given? Everything in the physical realm was, was literally made from things we can't see. Jay, thank you so much. It was made from things we can't see, the spirit realm. When God says, I blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, 
What he just told you is I have given you the unseen spiritual root to all the natural fruit that you will see in your life in the form of healing, money, comfort, freedom from depression, right? Peace, strength, everything in Christ. Safety. So this is how it works. Let me pull this up really fast if I can here. Pray for me. I'm so organized, sometimes I can't find things. So Philemon, verse 6, says this, that the communication of your faith may become effectual. Why? How does it become effectual or effective? By the acknowledging of every good thing in every good thing which is in you in Christ. Your faith, as you communicate and speak what is in you already. The Bible says, as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ, your faith becomes effective. Literally, if you break down these, these Hebrew words or Greek words, it would read like this that the participation in and sharing of your faith may come into being by the recognizing and coming into full discernment of every good thing which is in you in Christ. That's why every prayer of supplication, it's not, it's, that, that's a prayer, it's one of the nine prayers outlined in the New Testament, and that prayer, it, basically what it does is it, you pray that prayer for yourself, for other believers as the Holy Spirit stirs you to help you or whoever you're praying for as a believer to lay hold of the plan of God for their life. So let, let, look at the way this is written. That the participation in and the sharing of your faith may come into being. Interesting. How does it come into being? In other words, how do you walk by faith? This is how you do it. By the recognizing and coming into full discernment of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Most believers have never heard that before. They think if they beg God, God will do something, hopefully. And, if he, and many believers believe, and if he doesn't, well, it's just his sovereign will, and the enemy steals from people because it's not his will. So this is what the Lord told me. He said, if you will start acknowledging every good thing that is in you, in me, or in Christ, then the communication of your faith becomes effective. When you are speaking about what God has placed in you, it says your faith becomes effective. What does that mean? Your faith will gain access to what is in you and pull it out into this realm. 
This was, you, that you could go home right now. This is worth coming to church. We could actually, I could actually say this over and over and over again for the next hour and we would gain revelation knowledge of it. As you acknowledge every good thing in you in Christ, Father, I thank you that you sent your word and you healed me. I declare that you on that cross bore all my sickness and all my pain and today I stand here and I thank you and declare that healing is mine. I'm not asking you to heal me. I'm calling for my healing. And as I walk around and say, listen, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. What's happening is my faith is gaining access to the healing that's already in my spirit and it will come through faith into my body and change it. Does that make sense? This is how it works. This is why if you're praying the prayer of faith and you end that prayer with, if it be your will, that's not the prayer of faith. You can't pray the prayer of faith without knowing God's will. If you're in financial lack, isn't it amazing to think if you're sitting here and you're $50,000 in debt and you don't know what's going to happen and how it's going to work, when you realize that, wait a minute, the $50,000 is in me. Now, does my spirit have actual money in it? No, it has the spiritual root that will produce the physical fruit of money. I mean, we've been studying this, haven't we? The parable of the sower, it's all about the soil of a person's heart. Your heart grows everything, right? God wants you to live at a house. He wants you to own it, right? He doesn't want you to, he doesn't want the bank to own it. The car you drive, he wants you to own it. All that money to do that is already in you in the form of spiritual blessing. As you walk around, and so let's say you need $50,000, or let's just be realistic. Let's say you need $1,000. Say $50,000, 1000 Do you think that's anything to God? It's nothing. And actually, God is all-knowing, isn't he? Is God all-knowing? So does that mean that not only is he all-knowing, he knows everything that you will ever face in life? Would, can you, is it safe to say, is that reality? Is he, all, is he also omnipresent? He's everywhere? So that means right now, he's in every day of my life. Right now. That means right now, he sees me coming out of the womb, at Cook County Hospital, January 22nd, 1962, he also sees me standing before him right at the judgment seat of Christ hearing those words, well done, good and faithful servant. He's in every day of my life. He knows everything I will ever need. And he says, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I go into your future and I provide it before you ever get there. I prepare a table before you. That means he goes before and prepares it. So it's all in you. So I need this money. So I start walking around. Father, your word says, 
right? I've got this mountain of debt in front of me. But your word says, if I would speak to this mountain and not doubt in my heart, but believe that those things which I say will come to pass, I will have whatever I say. So Father, right now I claim $1,000, $50,000, million, whatever the need is, I claim this in the name of Jesus. I lay claim to my money. Now Satan... You're the God of this world system, and I say that loosely because you've been stripped. You have no authority in my life. So you take your hands off of this money right now in Jesus' name, and now ministering angels, you who have been sent forth to minister to me as an heir of salvation, you go into the earth system and you bring this money to me quickly. All that's left to do is to thank him. And as I walk around, Father, I thank you. I mean, creditors might be calling me. People might be going, where is my money? Right? And, and, and there's thoughts hitting me at 9 million miles an hour. But on the inside, I'm like, Father, I thank you. And Holy Spirit, I thank you for leading me into what I'm to do. Do I get another job? Do I do, I do this? Do I sow this? What, what, what do you want me to do? Right? And, and I just, that's how I walk this out. But I thank you that I'm not, I'm not going to receive it. I already have it. Why? Because I believed I've received it. So as I communicate that, Father, I thank you that this money is mine. I, I, I hold up these bills and I declare that these bills are paid. I declare that this building is paid off. What happens? Those words acknowledging every good thing in me in Christ give me access. Gives faith access to what's in me so that it can come out. In other words, you grow the money. I wasn't planning on saying that, but boy, I gotta tell you. Now, as, as you're sitting there, you may have a small understanding of that, but you have to, let me read this again, Philemon verse 6, because it talks about the full discernment. The Amplified Classic says it great. I'll just read it this way. And I pray that the participation in and sharing of your faith may produce and promote full recognition and appreciation and understanding and precise knowledge of every good thing that is in our identification with Christ and unto his glory. So how do I come to full discernment of what I, what's in me? I've got to speak it. So if I'm not speaking it, I might know all the scriptures on healing and all the scriptures on finance, and all the scriptures on success, but I won't walk in any of it because I won't see it. I'll just have a mental, I'll mentally just kind of assent to it, which never works because Satan will eat your lunch with, with thoughts and circumstances and all this stuff. See, this is why Satan does not want you to ever put this first place in your life. Because if you come to this word without a willingness to do everything that it says, 
you won't hear it. Oh, you might hear it with your mind a little bit, your brain, but you won't hear it with your heart. And so if, if the word is first place and your circumstances are here, the word is what's going to move you always, not your circumstances. But if you ever do this, this is why we encourage, we encourage each other. Don't ever say no to what God says. Don't ever say you can't have what he says he's given you. People walk around, man, I'm just so bound. No, you're not. You're saying that what God has given you, freedom, is not true. Yeah, but I just feel so bound. Yeah, get over yourself. Right? I know that sounds hard because what we want to do is put our arms around people and go, I know it's just so hard, and that's not helping them. Because they sit there and go, yeah, I know, it's so hard. Satan just keeps beating me up. That's impossible. That would be like me letting Micah beat me up. I get down on my knees and he's just punching me in the face. And I'm like, here, let me help you because as hard as you can hit me, it, it's not going to take me out. You just, you really don't have any, you don't have enough power. Let me help you. That's what Christians do. Let me help you, Satan. Let me speak death over myself. And death, let me speak my circumstances because I'm helping you. You need help to take me out because I have so much that God has made me. What are we talking about? This is who we are as righteous children of God. The spirit of faith, the spirit of faith is caught. You can't just teach it. It's where you will not shut up, you won't put up, and you will never give up in, every, in any battle because you are victorious in Christ. He won the victory. The battle is his. I rest in that. And what, how do I rest? I believe in my heart what he says, and I speak it out of my mouth, and I walk around, and I acknowledge every good thing in me that's in Christ. When I feel depressed, what do I say? Oh, Father, I thank you that I am far from oppression. I am far from depression. Depression has no part in my life. I love your word, so I walk in great peace. Now, depression, I know you have ears. Leave me in Jesus' name. I'm done with putting up with you. I've been made free. That's how we have to live. It's the behavior of the righteous. Now, do we go around beating people up, telling them to get over it? No, no. There's one person you should say get over yourself to. Right? Yourself. That's who you say that to. Everybody else, what do you do when you're talking to them? You're looking down on the inside. How can I minister grace to my brother or sister? What can I say to them that would help them? And I can tell you this, this is why, how do you witness? How do you witness and how do you testify to everybody, non-saved and saved? Talk about what God's done in your life. And it will bless the hearer. Right? Pastor Elisa, isn't it awesome 
that Jesus bore all your sickness. He carried all your pain. And isn't it awesome to know as you're sitting here right now, the healing power of God is literally coming out of your spirit, quickening your mortal body. Instead of, can you tell me all about what the doctor says and what? No, no, we don't need to do that, right? He gave you the report. Thank you, doctor. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to focus on this report. Because your report in the natural, I'm not saying it's not true, right? What's going on is going on. You've seen it. You could see it under a microscope. You could see it in an MRI. But what you can't see is this. What you can't see is 2,000 years ago, Jesus paid for it all. See, that's why you'll hear me say, don't, don't sit here and get all bummed out because you're not successful. Because that's a lie. You are. You are successful because you're born of God and you're righteous. So now all this non-success stuff has to bow to who you are. And if you will start acknowledging what God has placed in you and what he has done, guess what? It gives the faith of God that's in you that came from hearing his word. What happens now, it gives the faith of God access to what God's given you in your spirit. And now it will come into this realm in the physical. All of a sudden, God will start leading you by your desires. All of a sudden, you, you might desire a business. He might give you an idea. He might tell you, I want you to believe God for this promotion in this company. You, you just got to be ready because so many times when God is leading his kids, it makes no sense. Well, now, wait a minute. I could never be a VP of this department. I don't have a college degree, and they don't promote people without a college degree. The favor of God. A Christian will say that, and they've been crowned with the favor of God. And all through the Bible, do you know it's not possible for a little Jewish boy who's a slave and then put in prison to become second in command of the greatest nation on the earth? It makes no sense that a magi Daniel, who's in the greatest kingdom on the planet, that all of his political buddies hate him. It makes no sense that his way to have all of his political enemies removed and him placed in second in command and have a whole nation bow to, bow to God, Jehovah, it came through by him going through a lion's den. It, see, you gotta, you gotta get off. The, we have to be weaned off the natural. You, but the only way to do it is you gotta meditate in the word. And the first thing you're gonna start learning is that you've been made righteous. So let's talk about this a little bit now that we've introed this sermon. You guys ready? All right, praise God. Now, I am just going to take my time with this. I do have 19 pages of notes. Hallelujah. Oh, actually, we went through 2 Corinthians 5.21, though, didn't we? We're well on our way now. 
He was made to be sin. He bore all of your sin. All of your sin was condemned once and for all on that cross. You are and will always be forever free. Everything that could produce death in your life has been removed. So don't let Satan bring it back. Because see, he, doesn't really, he can't really bring it back. All he could do is try to steal the word from you so that he can kill and destroy things in your life. And if you've let him do that, I've got good news today. Listen, turn, make that change today, and he's got to bring everything back that he stole from you. So let's go to Romans chapter 1. Gosh, I've been teaching on faith, so I've been, I feel like I've been teaching on the same thing over and over and over again. And it gets better every time. I just, I love that. Look at what Romans chapter 1 verse 16 says. For I, now, why are we talking about this? We're starting to talk about the behavior of the righteous. One of the primary behaviors of the righteous is when you're aware that you have been made the righteousness of Almighty God, and it came to you through faith. Now, your behavior that comes out of that is you walk by faith. Your lifestyle is faith. Okay? Look at the connection. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel of Christ, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. It's not the power of God to salvation if a person chooses not to believe it. If you don't believe it, it's just ink on a page. But if you believe it, the very power of God will manifest to change everything in your life. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. And again, that word believes. To everyone who believes, it's the person who believes and continues to believe. This is not a one-time event. I continue to believe. When I hear what God's word says, I choose to believe it, but then I renew my mind to it so that I can continue to believe it in the face of Satan just trying to throw thoughts and trying to do everything. Man, the minute you start wanting to walk, walk with God, counterfeit stuff will start coming. Right? And, if, and, it, and, and one of the big ones is he will try to get a Christian to start oh man, I messed up. And he'll be like, see, look at that. You made a commitment Sunday to walk with God and you just messed up. You, see, you're no different. That's where you gotta go, whoa, time out. No, I am different. Now my behavior might not have looked different, but that's not who I am. And I'm changing that right now. Father, I confess that before you. I repent of it and I'm forgetting it. Because that's not who I am. See, we've got to be able to answer. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel of Christ. This is salvation. In other words, the gospel of Christ releases the effects of salvation. Healing, prosperity, safety, deliverance, restoration, wholeness. It's released as you believe it. To everyone who believes. We said this before, if you want to see the power of God in your life, right? 
you've got to go where the power is. So you've got to go to this meeting. There's a meeting going on right now in down in, down in wherever. And we got to go there because we got to see the power. And you know, I'm leaving this church because I just don't see the power. Brother and sister, here is the reality. Pull the pacifier out of your mouth. Before we change your diaper, let me tell you, to see the power, you have to believe the word. You do. You want to see the power of God in your life? you got to believe the word of God. Verse 17, for therein, therein where? The gospel of Christ. In other words, in the word of God is the righteousness of God revealed. How is it revealed? From faith to faith. It's revealed from the faith that you used to get saved to the faith that you live in and walk in every day, from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is to be revealed to you and to everyone around you as you walk by faith. Every time, you, when you're walking, you walk in a revelation knowledge of God's word, you're laying hold of things, and all of a sudden, the glory of God shows up in the form of healing, provision, peace, safety, deliverance, restoration, and all of it speaks to you. You're righteous. You're righteous. You're righteous. To people that don't know God, it speaks to them. That's God's working in that person's life, and God will do that for you too. That's God working in that person's life, and God will do that for you too. The righteousness of God is revealed. See, the righteousness of God is not revealed. I've been spending, this is the eighth message. It's not revealed in the message. It's revealed as you hear the message and believe it and start walking by faith. Then the righteousness of Almighty God will be revealed to you. When all of a sudden you're in a battle and you see God give you the victory because you have believed his word and you have stood and that you've taken thoughts captive and now you see it in your life, you're, it's revealed to you that you're a righteous child of God. Right? In other words, no, there's no boasting. There's none of this, well, I got this with my faith. Oh, your faith. Guess what? If it's your faith originating in you, that's not going to do anything. But if you have faith that flows from the Word of God, which is really the faith of God, right? That's a different story. The faith of God will create. The faith of God changes things. Hallelujah. So righteousness. Righteousness is not a thing. It is your position. It's a position that you have with God because you've been made righteous. You've been made the righteousness of God. In other words, you are just as righteous as God. I'm so glad I'm preaching in 2023. Because if I was preaching, you know, 
about 1900 years earlier, man, there'd be people out there dragging me out in the streets, beating me with rods, and you know, that would not be fun, right? I don't want to ever be stoned. So as children of God, you got to be ready. You got to be ready in your authority. You get put in a situation where the world hates you and maybe wants to do something, you know? You got to be ready to go, well, let me, let me think about this for a second. Let me look down on the inside. Is this my time? No, not my time. Sorry, not going not gonna to do it today. Right? We laugh, but I'm telling you, that's the way it is. You have been made the righteousness of Almighty God in Christ. It's how Jesus operated. He said, no man will take my life. I'll lay it down. Father, you want me to walk to them on the water? Okay. You want me to do what? You want me to feed 5,000 people and their families? 20,000 people? Okay. We're in the desert. Does anybody have any food? Right? Do you know what would have happened if there was no food? Would God have really needed those five loaves and two fish? No. I mean, in the temptation of Christ, Satan says, hey, you're hungry. Turn these stones in the bread. That was a temptation. That means he could have done it. Why? Because he was God? No. Because he was a man anointed by God. He was righteous. And if there's one thing there is in Israel, stones. Everywhere. Right? Can stones be made bread? Yeah. God made this position of righteousness available to man through Jesus. As we grow in the knowledge of the gospel, how do we do that? Through being doers of his word, we become more and more aware of what this position means. You don't grow in righteousness, you just become more aware of what it means. And it's from faith to faith. Because I'm telling you, God is going to move you to believe him for gigantic things. All of us. Things beyond us. So the key to understanding the things of God, the key that unlocks that is understanding your position with God. When you, when you reach up, he's reaching down. When you draw near, he's drawing near. His ear is always open to you, right? His eyes are always upon you. He will never leave you. He'll never fail you. He'll never desert you or forsake you. Now, that might, you might have to grow in that. Because, you know, if, if you're like me, man, I lived in this world and I had numerous people leave me. Then I'd have people want to be my friends, but then leave. Right? So then you come to Christ and you're like, okay, no, he won't ever leave. Listen, and, and in your life, you've never had a friend leave you. You might have found out they're not your friend, but a friend doesn't leave. Ever. Right? Like your pastor is your friend. Nothing you could ever do could ever even begin to change the way I feel about you and what I believe about you because I see it different. Yeah. 
I don't even know you after the flesh. I know you after the spirit. So if everybody leaves you, just know this. There's this guy at Faith Family Church that's available to you. Right? Because, and how, how far can I go with that? Well, the love of God's been shed abroad in my heart. And I'm learning how to yield to that, right? It's so good. See, most sermons teach us about what Jesus did for us. Right? But we got to go further than that, and we got to teach about what Jesus has done in us. Not just for us, but we got to teach in us. We got to just, we can't just teach a cross doctrine, we must teach a throne doctrine. Does that make sense? Holiness is what you do, it's your behavior. Holiness flows out of righteousness, which is who you are. If you will continue to believe and stay established in your righteousness, then you will be empowered to change what you did so that you can walk holy and free from sinful and unrighteous behavior. How do you walk free from all the behavior problems of sin? You have to, you have to stay and believe and be established in what God said about you being righteous. Because Satan, you know every mistake you've made. You know every mistake that people know publicly. You, all, you know all the mistakes that are private that nobody else knows. And if that's not good enough, Satan will be sure to bring people from your past or your present that will be more than happy to share with the world what you did. So you got to be ready when all that happens to literally stand and say, you know what, I can't deny that. Yeah, you're right, but guess what? I've been made righteous. And they might laugh at you and everything, but I'm telling you, if you will stand in the fact that I've been made righteous apart from my works, I've been made righteous by faith, that is the road to walking free from alcohol, drugs, any addiction, any behavior that is sinful or unrighteous. It's the way out. It's not the way out to sit here and go, gosh, I really don't like what I've done. I gotta do better. That's not the way out. I finally figured out, you can't change yourself. Now, now, on a low level, you might change some behaviors, but there's always going to be toil associated with it. I'm talking about, though, I'm not talking about changing a behavior that it's, it's still there, but you've got the discipline to kind of walk free from it. No, I'm talking about having the behavior pulled out of you so you sit here and look and go, okay, I, have, I know I did that, but that's almost like that wasn't me. And God will say, yeah, that's right, it wasn't you. We're talking about freedom. We're talking about he makes all things new. He does it right? We try to do works that our righteousness will empower us to do. 
We're trying to do natural works. I just got to be a good little Christian. No, what, the reason why we teach on this is because when you realize and get a revelation that you are righteous, there is power that is released in your life to cause you to walk free. To walk just like Jesus walked in this earth. A righteousness consciousness will enable me to fully experience all the manifested blessings that God has given me in redemption. I have to be, I have to live my life conscious that I'm righteous. Right? Otherwise, I'm gonna be walking around going, gosh, I'm just, I'm just not worthy. Well, now time out. You just spit in the face of Jesus and slapped him because the word says he made you worthy. So get that out of your vocabulary. It's time for you to walk in, it's time for you to wear, and it's time for you to show your righteousness to others. You're just allowing Jesus to show up on the outside of you. It doesn't bring glory to you, it brings glory to him. What are we saying? You're finally going to walk in your healing. You're going to see it manifest in your life. Because we understand how now. You're going to walk in financial abundance. You're going to walk successfully in life, free from lack. You're going to walk free from depression, free from anxiety. You're finally going to be able to sleep at night. You're finally going to get up and live your life knowing that there is a good future for you. You know how many Christians... They lose sight of that. Satan loves to steal your future, right? As we said many times before, I love this definition. Righteousness gives you the ability to stand in the presence of God without any sense of guilt, shame, inferiority, as if sin never existed in your life. You know why? Because, brothers and sisters, sin does not exist in your life anymore. It is all not been covered. It's been washed away. Now you're free. Isn't that amazing? That is the gospel. The God of all creation, the only one who could do that, did it for us. Wow. So as we go into Easter, all Christians get mad. Yeah, I don't, you know, listen, let somebody, let somebody eat an Easter egg, okay? Give them a break. <laughs> Little kids love peeps. I don't even know what they are. Nobody knows what they're made of. They'll probably last forever. <laughs> don't worry about that stuff, because we know this is resurrection. Oh, if you want to get in a bunny suit, have some fun. But teach your kids, this is about Jesus coming out of the grave. But don't beat people up because they get freaked out about an Easter basket. Come on, guys. Whatever. I'm not going to let the enemy steal. Right? So I'll enjoy his candy. Right? Bunnies are cute. 
unless they're eating your plants, right? But if you're Torian, then you make this garden that is, it's a fortress. You can't even get in it, right? And if you did, he's probably got all kinds of sensors and stuff that could just, you know? It's like nobody's hacking our church. We have a firewall, man. It's just crazy, right? Well, he's got a firewall everywhere, right? Torian's like, don't say that. It's going out. It's cut, cut, right? So look at what Isaiah 64.4 says. Isaiah 64.4 says, but we are all as an unclean thing. Now, this is talking about who we were before we were saved. It says, but we are all as an unclean thing. I don't care if you're wearing an $8,000 Armani suit and $15,000 special alligator shoes and you're driving a $300,000 vehicle. You are an unclean thing. Everybody is. And all our righteousness is as filthy rags. I don't care if you have given a billion dollars to help feed the hungry in the earth. If you're not born again, that's like a filthy rag. What do you mean filthy rag? Can we say it in church? When a woman has their time of the month, right? You guys know what time that is. It's when things get a little heightened in your house, right? And you kind of just are like, I need to minister to my wife because everything is kind of magnified right now, right? Well, that, the, that tampon is a filthy rag. That's what it's talking about. The best thing, the best we could do on the earth is a filthy rag. That is why God had to send Jesus. And look at this. We're all an unclean thing. All, any good thing we could do is like a filthy rag. And then it gets worse. And we all do fade as a leaf. Everybody, everybody, guess what? Is on their way out of this place. Like the wind have taken us away. Every, that's who we were. But now go to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 16. Man, this, is, this should make you shout. You have been made righteous by the righteous God of heaven. And it took the death of his son for him to do that for you and I. Don't minimize yourself. All things are possible to you because you believe him. Look at this, Galatians 2.16 it says, knowing, so we're to know this, that a man is not justified by the works of the law. This word justified means he's not rendered innocent, he's not declared righteous by the works of the law, but he is rendered innocent and he is declared righteous by the faith of Jesus Christ. Notice it doesn't say by faith in him. It says by the faith of him. That we might be justified by the faith of Christ. Wow. That's two times he said that in the same verse. 
So the Holy Spirit is screaming in this verse, I want you to see that you are declared righteous by the faith of Jesus Christ. And not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. No flesh will be rendered innocent by the law, by the works of the law. Can't, it just can't happen. Jump down to verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. This is Paul. He's, he's talking and writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life, now I love this in the King James because it says, but Christ liveth in me. And you know what ETH means, right? That means he lives in me and he will continue to always live in me. But Christ lives in me. Wow. Isn't that awesome? Look at this. And the life that I live, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. How do I live by faith? I live by the faith of the Son of God, which comes by hearing the words of the Son of God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing the words of the Anointed One, the Son of God, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is why when your circumstances become larger than your God, your circumstances will move you. But if you make a decision today, if you make a decision today that, that you're going to focus on what the Word says about God and let your God become larger than your circumstances, your circumstances will not move you at all. So if you're being moved by circumstances, then your circumstances, they're, they're, you've put them in a position where they're bigger than God. How many of you think there's a circumstance that could ever be bigger than God? Nobody thinks that. So let's walk that out. How do we do that? By the faith of God, which comes by hearing the word of God, which you continue in as you hold fast to the profession of your faith and you speak the word of God that you're hearing. Okay? Romans chapter 9, verse 30. Let's keep going with this a little bit longer. Hallelujah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, have attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is a faith. The Gentiles, which followed not after righteousness, attained righteousness, which is a faith. Let's keep going. Verse 31. But Israel, which followed after the law of righteousness, hath not attained to the law of righteousness. Verse 32. Wherefore, in other words, why? How is this possible, in other words? The Gentiles who did not follow after it 
attained it, attained the righteousness by faith, but Israel, who followed after the law of righteousness, never attained it. How was that possible? Why did that happen? I'm so glad you asked. Verse 32. Because Israel did not seek it by faith, but as it were, by the works of the law, for they stumbled at the stumbling stone. What does that mean? It means that the law showed them the answer over and over and over, and they stumbled over it. Because what did the law do? It, it, it literally said to them over and over and over, you can't do it. You need a savior. You need a savior. The law was meant, like a, it was meant to lead them to Jesus, but they kept stumbling after it. They kept thinking, well, you know what? We're Israel, and you know, I'm a Pharisee, and I'm this, and I'm that. No, you can't attain it that way. That's what this is saying. As it is written, verse 33, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. What was that stumbling stone? It was the law. It was meant to lead them to Jesus. It was meant to lead them to a place that they could be made righteous through faith, but instead they started thinking they were all that. They started thinking they could attain it and that they could just keep the law. Wow. What does this all mean? The grace of God is available to all. Israel missed it because they tried to work at it and you can't do that. They just tried to work at it. Like so many Christians are today. They, they get on this roller coaster. Sin, repent, guilt and shame, right? Sin, repent, sin, repent, sin, repent. And then all of a sudden... Then they hear a message on grace, and they're like, oh, cool. So I could just do anything and have all of God. And then they miss the life that God has for them. But why do they buy into that? Because they can't change their behavior. But now we're understanding how to change your behavior. It's focusing on, I am righteous. And you meditate on that and let those scriptures go off on the inside of you, it'll empower you to walk free behaviorally. Verses 30 through 33 is Paul's final argument. He said all of the above to say this. Paul is saying that Israel is not saved because they rejected faith. They did not believe or obey God's word Paul understood right where the Jews were because he used to be there. Paul summarizes chapter 9 of Romans by saying that Israel has not attained the law of righteousness because they sought it not by faith. They didn't seek it the right way. And this is why we teach on this over and over and over. Biblical predestination... This is what it is. It is your choice. 
That's biblical predestination. Are you going to walk in unbelief or are you going to walk in faith? It's your choice. Are you going to walk and live your life by your own works or are you going to walk and live by faith? It's your choice. Are you going to reject the word of God or are you going to accept the word of God? It's your choice. Are you going to disbelieve the word of God today or are you going to believe the word of God today? It's your choice. Our righteousness comes through our union with Jesus in the new birth. That's how it comes. That's the only way that it comes.